Hey everybody, I'm Jody Vance. And I'm George Affleck. And it's time for Choo 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 and Fun. George, 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 George. I thought it was so broken, so broken. <laughs> Yay this for the, the train. Yay yeah, for the Stanley, Stanley Park, Park train. Christmas train. Yay. It's back. Didn't make it for Halloween, but uh, which is, I think, the funnest one. But the Christmas train's back, which is great. Now, it took a bunch of corporate funding from donors of ABC Vancouver. But I don't have a problem with that, to be honest. I know that a lot of people... You remember the days when Park Board in Vancouver was like any corporate funding was like, oh, how dare you can't take any corporate funding for any events or any, and like even like the, I was on the Children's Festival board and it was really challenging to acknowledge sponsors because it was considered bad for the kids and bad because of Park Board. And uh, times have changed. Now it's like bring in the cash and fix the system. Well, see, I'm with you. I, it's a wild turn being born and raised here and watching that and being part of PR and marketing and promo and whatever, it's like a, a little bit of a sticky path. It's like, mm -hmm. who's running this place and who can sponsor something where that money goes, you know, does it, does it go to the art form or does it go to the, you know, the corporate booth part? You know, there's, there's a lot uh, to, to kind of unpack. What I do like about what's happening here with the, the Stanley park Christmas train is the piece that will support the charity because the charity um, basically crashed without this train yeah. um, and it needed addressing urgently because charities are being taxed more than ever before with people who need them desperately. Um, the, the thing that bugs me a little bit, well, not a little bit, it bugs me, um, mm -hmm. is that it takes corporate money because the coffers are rich. I know everybody's crying poor, but the budgets are massive and getting bigger by the day that they can't carve out just enough money to rebuild the tracks to the little train in Stanley Park was ridiculous when yeah. everybody was crying wolf and the sky was falling and every other fairy tale, you know, catastrophizing thing we can come up with. It's like mm -hmm. kids pool. Kids pool is going to be closed for two years. Oh, wait, no, we can open it. It's like, what? Yeah. So we, we we put out the the easiest path that is the lazy route excuse me but it is and then we wait for public backlash is it a sparkly thing what's the spin here like why couldn't it just have been fixed in the first place think of the man at the people hours put into let's save the train that could be put into something else well i think yeah i think mismanagement for of park board for many 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 years uh, I haven't seen a sign that, you know, they were, they've been in power a year. I know that's great that they got the train up and running through private funding, but you know, this was such a priority. Wasn't there a way to get on that a year ago and start yeah. working on it and fix this train? It, clearly they were able to do it in what a month uh, with the right money. Uh, Parkport has money. They have capital yeah. funds. Um, yeah. It's just a matter of making decisions. So I don't know, you know, the back room on this and how this all panned out because Ken Sim took all the credit, but he's not the chair of the park board. <laughs> He's a my, mayor of my Vancouver. Tweet, with Ken Sim dinging the bell on the train and photo op yeah. Ken. Uh, fa fabulous. Great. Celebrate. Open Kit's pool was my response to him. Yeah. If you're, you're going to be involved or just so that I can swim in it without going online three days in advance and booking a 40 minute window, please. Like yeah. enough now. 
this is enough to make me dislike government at, at municipal government to the nth degree when something so simple as just putting it back to the way it was before p- the pandemic. That's all it, you need to do. Open yeah, it up to people. I know we're going to get into the provincial government and then getting into municipal stuff later. Cause I okay, think there's right, right, relevancy right. Okay. there. Focus, focus. No, no, it's, it's cause it's relevant. I think, you know, we'll talk about housing later, which I think what else, you know, what else could municipalities, you know what, if you're not doing your job, why do you have this job? I mean, what, why you know, the provin- as we talk about, dollars? yeah. Why and as we, we know, the provincial you? government works at the pleasure of, you know, at the, they are a arm of the provincial government, municipal government. So, uh, they, How's that working uh, for Surrey. How's that working yeah, for Surrey? Right. Like we're, we're now, I think the only one that I regularly go, yes, is Brad West. The only, well, Brenda Locke, did you see here? Uh, there was a headline I saw why Brenda Locke doesn't feel like she's getting any respect. You know, it's an, and, and, uh, EB got booed out of the mayor's party and, uh, it's like it's it's wartime in Surrey against the provincial government. It's kind of like it reminds me of the days of vision in Vancouver against the BC Liberals. It was just like this animosity between the provincial and government and the city government. And that's uh, I mean, it has a value if you're trying to achieve goals for your city. And in the case of Surrey, clearly, we've talked about this a lot. What is Brenda Locke trying to achieve here? Well, maybe she's trying to really position herself as the leader of the Missouri and that's her priority and she feels the province is overstepped and uh, they seem to be doing a lot of that as we'll talk about but okay well let's him though one year yeah, let, one year, one year. so his year. announcement came on the heels of his one year anniversary as the mayor and abc is dominant uh, force on park board school board and council in vancouver for those who don't know in vancouver we have political parties uh and for years was dominated by vision prior to that dominated by npa uh, now a new party, ABC Vancouver, last year won every single governmental structure in Vancouver uh, or system. And uh, as a result, we maybe get things done faster. Um, and uh, the train being a good example of that. But what do you think? What's, uh, the, the reviews I read were lackluster of Ken Zim. Well, I'm just going to point out that he is far better than his predecessor. <laughs> Low bar. Very, 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 low bar. very low bar to the mayor that we never saw, only heard from when it was a vanity project, has claimed or absolutely again back to the catastrophizing of, oh, hey, we're in a once in a generation pandemic and we're screwed. Uh, I'll never forget him saying Hi. that if you're in trouble, no one's coming. We don't have <laughs> any money. We're bankrupt. And if you need help, no one's coming to help you. I was just like, I'm having. Huh? Yeah. You know, and he's got this book that decrim now that he's hawking a book that he's somehow fixed something. Yeah. Right. So when I look at, when I look at Ken Sim, there are lots of things that Ken Sim does and says that I disagree with. So this is not like, congratulations, you're perfect. But I think, and I'm not sure, but I think this to be true, given all that you've taught me, I think that Ken Sim went in thinking I'm going to roll up my sleeves, not wear a tie and show people how this is done. And he got into the office and realized how little you can get done um, as a a leader in municipal government. Um, So he appears to be doing the things that he can do. I think there's a lot more broken with the Vancouver Charter, with how staff is directed, how council works, especially if they're sort of novice at it. And I'm a novice, so I wouldn't know how to do it better. But watching it and reporting on it, I'm like, oh, God, really? We're doing that? Okay. 
okay, you know, it takes yeah. the provincial government to step in on some of these big things. And, and, you know, if I'm looking at Ken Sim accessibility, he gets a win for me because when I reach out to get a comment for, from him, if he doesn't have something in his schedule, he does go out of his way to at least give you access. Does he give you a stock standard crafted comms message? Yes. Yes, he does. Cause you hear him on or every deflects. other place or deflects, which is, I mean, welcome <laughs> to politics, right? But <laughs> The, the actual wording is almost identical, which I take issue with. Yeah, he's new. Yeah, he's still he needs new. to, he needs a little bit of media training on the, how to take that messaging and well, come up with a new way of saying it. Yeah, maybe his communication staff. Oh, wait. Oh, he What's lost another there? one. They've gone through a lot of stuff in that mayor's office. They just, somebody else just left it. They don't announce these things quite often. They just kind of fade away and then you go into LinkedIn. So this was, I think it was, Jen, it was Jen from, uh, uh, from where is she now? <laughs> Jen. Anyways, there's tweets. Uh, oh, Jen, and, uh, Saint Denis. Saint yeah, Dennis. Jen Saint Denis. Dennis. Yeah, Jen yeah. Saint Denis. Yes. Yeah. Um, she uh, tweeted that you know that this senior staff communications person had now changed their LinkedIn profile and no longer was at the city. Um, right, and Harrison is, Fleming, lost. and it was Taylor Varell before that, and it yeah. was. And then there was other people, the, the co-management of the office. It's been many. And so it just begs, well, I mean, uh, could be part of what you're just saying, that things aren't happening fast enough. And maybe the staff are either going, well, this is impossible and frustrated and I'm out. Or maybe Ken Sim saying, you're out because you can't get this stuff done. Or we're getting bad communication. I mean, whose idea was for the the, the beer shot? You know, that, that thing is going to be with him forever. <laughs> that shot of him. Yeah, guzzling a shot, beer can getting a beer that will be the, the when they days. use for when he retires when he's the when he dies that'll be the shot for the rest of his life that will be used you gotta you know it's like the dunk tank I, you know don't do the dunk tank if you're a politician just don't unless you've got like a six-pack gary robertson did some things where he had a t-shirt and he got wet and you know you got a six-pack so okay but you know unless you but the beer, drinking, no. alcohol, these are things that are, and just, the, you know, it's sure, bringing the swagger back. I love when he used that about the train. Bring the swagger back. It's like it's a choo-choo train in Stanley Park. But okay, that's swagger. Okay. Um, I think, uh, and then he did the, he was doing being interviewed by, I think it was, it was a Dan Fomano, and he goes and does these pull-ups. Oh, yeah. Him, I yeah, need 15 more. Because that's in his um, office. But that's yeah. how he stays fit. I mean, you know what? Give him I know, credit. I know. It's just, but it's like, just, uh, it's a person. It's a spin, though. It's a, it's, it's the literal, it's literal flex. Yeah, that is. literal but flex. It's, that one. There are a lot of people who can't do one chin up. So, I mean, and there, there's where I'm like, I do. I, I know Ken Sim a little bit. Do I know him super well? No, but what I know of him, I think he's a good person. I think he's trying really hard. I think he's got a really crappy uh, house that he was handed. Like when he talks, when he makes the leaky roof analogy, um, I think he was handed, you know, somewhat of a garbage dump um, of problems and with broken relationships and, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's one true. year in, it could be way worse. <laughs> that's how, how's that for a I'm just still waiting for that. Yeah, no, it's a good, good point. solid C plus. It's a solid C plus. I would say their <laughs> biggest fail right now is budgeting. They just, there's no, where's the budget? Where, where are we at with that? Where is that committee? Have they reported back? They're a month late now. Um, yeah. Budgets due in December, generally. You can come in January if you want. But um, is, didn't by the you looks tell of them it, to not be in a huge rush with the budget and now? Yes, you can go until March, April. Mm -hmm. Right. But then he, 
that is his wheelhouse though, isn't it? So maybe he's, a CG, he's doing he's some, a he's a certified, a, yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, maybe he's like, no, not good enough. Send it back. Let's do that again. Whatever. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I we've talked about this. Damn, Daniel. Well, <laughs> it's expensive to live here. 10% is what we're looking at, right? That's the last one we saw. Inter- the draft one was 10% increase. Uh, I haven't heard anything since. This is, you know, we've talked about this. We talked about this one year ago uh, at this time when they won. And I, and we were talking, if you're going to do the things that are painful, do them quick. Do them price. Yes. Do them quick. Then you can bring in the good news for years two and three and four. But yeah. they didn't do anything hard. That's one thing they did not do. They didn't make they any did big, tough decisions. They did a couple of decisions. hard things. Oh, they yeah, cleared the out the downtown one. east side. Yeah. That was not popular. What, the clearing out? Mm-hmm. No, that started before they got in. That was a staff No, I mean, initiative. they actually activated the trucks. They did yeah. They did the sweep of the downtown east side that got, and and I remember interviewing the mayor when he first was elected, and and it was about the number of propane tanks they found on one city block. Yeah. And there were like 24 or don't quote me on it, but I'm pretty sure he said 24 of the massive industrial size ones that, that had something ignited. It could have taken out the whole city block. Like he was yeah. talking oh, okay. like, yeah. no, it's bad. Ugh. Right. But so that, that's that, a pretty significant thing yeah, that he I, did I, in the I'm first gonna, year. I'm just I'll saying, push, I'm not arguing uh, with you. No, I'm going to push back he, though. Cause that started before you remember the fire department before in August totally. of the like election nobody year. Nobody did anything. No, it started, but he nobody followed through it. with it. He followed that's through right. it for sure. Because people talked it. about doing it back for off. years. Yeah. People talked about doing it and thought about it and studied it and sent it over to a committee and had a conversation about it and then had everybody weigh <laughs> in on it and then had a back room in-camera meeting about it and then another one. And then suddenly it was like, okay, we're going, everybody. Here's your 24 hours notice to pack up your stuff because <laughs> it's time to go. Are and you I saying don't, things I don't get studied today? Is that what you're saying? Oh my God. And I don't necessarily agree with that's how it should have done. Cause I don't know where people ended up other than I'm hearing from uh, counselors in new Westminster saying a lot of people got on the sky train and just went to the next stop and got off and camped there. Well, they're certainly around my office here up in Mount Pleasant. I mean, I have yeah. a little campsite behind my, by my office last night that I had to tell my owner, like, Hey, do you know, there's a little, uh, about seven tents in the, in, in the parking spots in the back. Yeah. Um, where are people so, and then go, they were though? on the front deck. I know. And they were on the front deck this morning and there was, Literally, they had must have had a bonfire on my front porch of my office. There was a little fire, burnt ground. Um, so you know, I'm like, uh, I don't want my office to burn down. Um, but I can't. There's not much you can do. I'm not here. They're generally are gone in the morning. But yeah, they're yeah. a fire truck going by here. Um, speaking of which, um, yeah. it's like look out your window. Timing. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, they did move. They moved around. They left it down and sit there. But they're still out there because they don't feel safe. In a lot of these places that they're provided, they're horrible, horrible yeah. uh, buildings. Some of them dangerous, full of stuff. So they sometimes feel safer living in tents. That's madness. Yeah. That's madness, isn't it? Isn't it? So, so that's the problem. Let's talk about housing. Let's yeah. talk about housing and what what might change here um, with the yeah. the big sweeping. And you've been talking about towers forever, <laughs> and certainly um, we agreed for. You know, the because I'm Miss Gentle Density, I want everything to look like Europe with really, you know, low, low rise, but a cabillion of them. So there's room for everybody to live. And you love mm-hmm. a tower. You love Burnaby. Um, and, and my <laughs> no, middle ground a on that, a mix. my middle ground on that is putting towers around transit. That makes all kinds of sense to me. That makes all kinds of sense. What we see all the way along the Canada line, what we see, you know, all the way along the Evergreen line, all the things we've seen around SkyTrain, like that to me 
makes sense. So the province now saying no discussion, minimum 20 stories in Vancouver. You can go as high as the developer wants to, but it's a minimum of 20 stories attached to hubs, right? Yeah, there's two things here from my point of view. One is, well, Vancouver and this council currently, are, we're already pushing forward with that anyways. Um, there there are you know, there yeah. were some stations in Nimo station, which has no density around it, some crazy right. places like that. Uh, yeah. There's a not only SkyTrain stations are talking about, they're talking about bus routes as well. Uh, yeah. So four within 400 meters of of train stations and 800 meters of uh, train or bus hubs, whatever that might be, I guess, loops, bus loops and things like that. So that's, that actually is significant because you think about all the bus loops that are all over the place that if you've ever taken buses, uh, they're very have. small quite often, but they're, yeah. they're loops. Um, There's one at 41st and Dunbar. So let's right. see it. Let's see those Southlands people lose their minds. With 20 story buildings down there because there's no building over four they stories even, down there. I know they don't even like five story buildings. No, no. I know. And so there's two things that happen. So one is that uh this is once again as the province says we were sort of touching on earlier on regarding, you know, just not getting anything done and the province take, taking over. Yeah. This is just an example of the province going, enough. Let's just do this. And so kudos. I mean, I think that for whatever reason, the BC Liberals, now they're called BC United, never wanted to go there. No actual, any previous government wanted to go there. Uh, and so I think EB has definitely made it a mandate to say, you know what, enough of this. This is ridiculous. You're taking too long. It doesn't change, though, the speed at which the bullshit built. bureaucracy of staffing and application forms and things you have to pay and environmental assessments right. and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. That's still stuck. And so if you could say, yeah, you could build a 20 story tower there, but if you can't get it through city hall, well, pff, if you're still in business by the end of it at this rate, you're, you're, it's a right. miracle. Um, but it's you know, broken. it's, it's, and so what else is the province going to start saying, you know, okay, roads, uh, what next, you know, it's interesting. They're taking away the power of the public hearing process in this case. Uh, absolutely. Um, as well as, you know, other aspects. So, I think it's a wake-up call for municipal governments that you're no longer in touch with reality and you're just creating blockages of uh, of progress for anywhere and a growing region. We talk about the numbers every, all the time, Jody, you and I are like 6,000 you know, 6, to 8,000 people in Vancouver every year moving here. It doesn't change. And then across the region, we're talking you know, 50,000 people moving in in the lower mainland or more. So let's Where talk about live? that. Let exactly. Where are they going to live? Where indeed? So I was listening um, to the Mike Smith show this morning, actually, while I was running around, and I heard him speaking to someone. I wish I could remember her name now. Um, from BC United, she is, she's like a, a hardcore um, a pro Airbnb. Like, and was talking oh. about people in Victoria who had bought purpose-built units that were small, meant to be short-term rentals um, and, and how those people are now. And she was going on this whole thing about how poor Airbnb hosts. And all I could think of the whole time was, or the thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people who can't find a place to rent to live. They, have you seen some of the Etsy Craigslist um, postings where it's like $1,000 per bed in a room in a house like two crappy looks like they saved them from the sally ann beds and for 1700 dollars each you can live in this apartment in new york 
It a, is. So yeah. the, you can't tell me, but the, and the argument was that these suites, nobody's going to rent them because they're, they're small. They're meant for Airbnb. I know right off the top of my head, 15 people who would rent that right now. They won't rent it for what an Airbnb goes for per night though. That's the problem. So the, the argument was these people were conned into by the government buying these under one set of rules, then the rules changed. And in my head, mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, let's talk about taxis. Let's talk about video rental stores. Let's talk about, you know, all of the other industries and businesses that are impacted by modernization or changes in um, the way communities need to be built in order to thrive. I am not anti-rental. I'm not a Airbnb short-term rental. I'm just not a user of them. Um, I look at the city of Vancouver being completely sold out for because Taylor Swift's coming to town and now hotel rooms are going for $1,000 on the North Shore. It's oh like, my God. Wow. It's crazy. Which in my head goes, well, maybe I will rent out my house. Yeah, for maybe that. I will. Three rent days. Like, we'll see, we'll see you in New York. You're allowed to. Right. But you're exactly. We're allowed to rent out our primary residence. And then it got into like, if they loosen it up so you could just have one property that you own aside from your primary resident that you could then short term rental. And then it's like, well, all of a sudden there's a whole bunch of numbered companies with a whole bunch of, you know, all of a sudden my son owns the short term rental. Yeah. And, you know, there are loopholes that people are going to yeah. find. So, was you a know, loophole? this, yeah, this housing thing, it's like, I see why the the move is so sweeping right now, because yeah, as you a, said, with 6,000 people demand. moving here. Yeah. You wouldn't worry about Airbnb. You wouldn't worry about Airbnb if there was enough units being built and the prices were low and, and all those things. Uh, for those people who did take that risk and thought that this would be a good business model, I mean, that's not what it was. Airbnb was not intended for that in my mind. It was people who had their apartments and if they wanted to rent them out when they were away or whatever, that was the, kind of the original concept. If you're going, hey, I'm going to be gone for two weeks, I'm going to rent my place or or, or I had a room or whatever. I mean, it became a business to rely on a new technology system that has yet to be, uh, you know, legislated into you know structurally yeah. the government you're, you're taking a risk and and just for the purposes of anybody in british columbia pretty much if your unit is under a million dollars they're still selling you can sell those units it shouldn't be a problem and guess what there's a lot of people took a 30 percent hit just by what the government did and i'm like really? no not only to people who might have bought them for for the purposes of airbnb in them for as units to live in uh no way I mean, it's condos are, you look around, there's no condos under a million that are really for sale. And there certainly is any houses in the million mark or, you know, getting sold. Anything over a million is tougher for sure right now. Right. But it's tougher. that's what we need. Uh, we need cheaper units. So sell it, sell your units, sell your one bedrooms, please. It's Karen Kirkpatrick, BC United MLA, Karen Kirkpatrick. Okay. Yeah. The, the one that BC I was... United, after the, remember we had that conversation I was wondering why BC United hadn't come out in any kind of strong way. And cause you know, I've been open about my feelings about Airbnb. I still think it's a good thing for people sure. to have, but I also sure. believe that we need to get more units built yeah. ASAP. And what yeah. is the prop? We should be focusing on that. All this did around of this policy and hiring $30 million of staff every year for city of Vancouver to manage yeah. the empty homes tax and the, and the Airbnb yeah. $30 million a year we spend as taxpayers to manage this department now to take Imagine care of an issue that if we just built, built use the another thousand units a year, yeah, we wouldn't have that. Problem. So the other argument, cause I remember Mike was pushing back to say, you know, there, I think the need is greater 
for the for society to have places for people to live than it is to make sure that that couple in Victoria could uh, reap the benefits of their Airbnb purchase. Um, the other pushback was, well, only certain people have a primary residence that they can rent out under this new legislation. Because as I said, it's like if you have a, a mother-in-law suite or a laneway house or you travel and you put your primary residence up, the argument was that's leaving people out. That is that is only for wealthy people. And I'm like, okay, still, I see like somewhere you came up with that as an argument. <laughs> um, but it's in the environment that we find ourselves right now, it falls flat for sure. It falls I flat think, when people yeah. don't have anywhere to go and a matchbox of a place where a family of four is crammed into 500 square feet. And that's, and they still can't afford groceries. Like, come on, we got, we got to make it so people can actually live and work here. That's what. Yeah. Needs to and, and for those Airbnbers who didn't see this wave coming, which started back when I was on council in 2017, yeah. when the yeah. policy in Vancouver was set, that that was the beginning of it. You should have made, you should have looked at your business model and thought, mm, this might be a bit risky. Of so it's risky. It's hard it's to risky. sympathize anyway. or empathize. Anyway. Well, uh, keeping on yes. it, let's talk about Shaughnessy. Yes, well, that was Christine Boyle's bringing forward a motion to. She's she is. Uh, uh, the left-wing party person on city council. Uh, and this is, if for those who don't know Shaughnessy in Vancouver, it's the hoity-toity area of the city, just sort of up in, up in the hill, sort of South Granville. Uh, and it's very beautiful, beautiful houses, protected. Uh, and I think I, I support that. And actually all, most councils have supported that. It's a question of density of, of living in these units. And we did add when I was there, some density to the units. When you do renovate, you can add a significant amount of density. So there was actually something we did when I was there, but she's asking for a massive redensification, re rebuilding of how they're densified. I think if you, I know it seems crazy that we have this a beautiful neighborhood right outside, right, basically in our downtown almost. It's like two, five minutes downtown and there's this neighborhood that's unbelievable, beautiful houses. But I also think, isn't that an important piece of our heritage? And, and I would hate to see them gone. Um, but I do also hate to see the people when they, you know, letting them fall apart um, That's because right. they don't want they don't want to. There's a whole other issue related to this when you have uh, people buy these units and then in order to meet the city's criteria to not be able to rebuild, they just let them die, just disintegrate. And then they say, oh, well, it's disintegrate. It's falling apart. I got to tear it down. So there's people who play with that, which is unfortunate. Um, but it's harder now because we put in some policies when I was there. So I do agree with it, though. I think there's not huge opportunity for massive amounts of density in there. I think that would be really good. It's a beautiful neighborhood, lots of little green areas. I, I would say don't get, don't tear it down. Just add more densities. You can fit beautiful apartments and basement suites and units Way, 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 way back, my sister lived in Shaughnessy. She was a nurse, and she was at school, and she worked in in what was a uh, a seniors, you know, extended care building. Uh, this old house had, I think, there's like twenty or twenty older folks in there that were, you know, in rough shape. So it was very extended care. She lived in the attic with her daughter. It was a really cool space. Um, and then there was somebody who lived in the basement. And then there was all these you know, bedrooms that these people lived in. It was a beautiful house with a beautiful garden. It actually got converted back into a single family home somehow, some years later. But it was a great solution. There was at least you know 15 to 20 people there. And they were employing people uh, that were working there. Um, it was a great concept. And there's no way you would have even known that that was there driving by it. You could not tell. 
that there was 15 or 16 people living in that building. There's no way you couldn't have told. Right. And uh, more of that, I totally agree with it. But why not? Why not? Why not? Why not? Indeed, because I, I, I'm of two minds of it. I love saving heritage homes. I love that, you know, when you drive through the West End um, and those the handful of the very, very earliest of homes down there, um, I think those are special. I think that there are some special ones in Shaughnessy as well, but I think that the time is here where you should leave it up to um, a certain degree of densification being allowable to the property owner, period. And that the NIMBYs in the neighborhood are going to need to just shh. Um, because yeah. I do live in what used to be uh, on a, on a piece of property that right. used to be one big character home and now yeah. houses eight families. And you never know it. I, I never I, know honestly, it. I go to your place. I'm going, where, where are these people? <laughs> where is this? I don't, like, I don't typically talk about where I live because yeah. it's so unique that people can figure out where I live almost. <laughs> so it's like, you know, it's I don't want to go cool, too though. deep into it, but yeah. I'm, I'm just going to say that not everything to the NIMBYs out there. Number one, not everything is bad and a tower and going to be built 9,000 times larger than your worst nightmare. And that is catastrophizing, densifying yeah. to many people is catastrophe. catastrophe. Number two, for example, Casamia down on Southwest Marine Drive, that beautiful old mansion. With forever all the for us to approve. Right. Forever. Council. Just opened as a long term care home. My mom and my stepdad were the very first residents there in the beautiful master suite in what was that beautiful mansion. And I'm telling you, George, the stories from the family that created this space for long term care that has subsidized and private pay beds alike. So it's not just a wealthy person's place. And uh -huh. it's unbelievable what they've what they've kept, what they've preserved. And and when they talk about the NIMBYs that fought against this long-term care home space being used. Like they'd rather have had it torn down and just sold off to whomever than to be used. And now they're saying that most of those NIMBYs 20 years later or 17 years later, I think it was how long it's taken to come through. Um, they all want to live there. So <laughs> of, of all the people standing around in their Shaughnessy uh... neighborhood with their hands on their hips going, not in my neighborhood. You know what? You're not going to even be here when it's more densification. Like you got to start modernizing the way your head works around your neighborhood. Like kids point people freaking out about the road going into Sanok. Get over it. It's mm -hmm. happening. Get your head around it. It's happening. And if you don't <laughs> want to live in a city, move. I'm sorry, yep. but there's no dead to rights. I lived here for my whole life. Therefore, that place across the street can't change. It's just, it doesn't work. Lots of green way. space in the valley. <laughs> right. Or like, I, and again, don't get me wrong. I love my neighborhood. I don't want it all to change. I don't want to live amidst a bunch of towers. So if, if they said, we're going to put an apartment building on every corner around you, I'd be like, okay, but how tall is it going to be? Like, am I going to live in shade? Is there going to be a, the tree that's in front of my house? Is that going to die because I'm living in, in a thing? So I would probably be like, Hey, can we be mindful of, of the, the green space that's around us as well? But if everybody's like, no, it's this and it's going to look like that. And we've thought that through and there's enough space here. And I, I looked at one building um, downtown and I was really quite surprised. I'm like, it really does make sense. The size of this tower makes makes all like it's well done. But some of them are just like. 
Well, you in know. Yaletown, where I live, so it's Point Tower and townhouses, right? Yeah. And before the, my building was there, it was a gas station and a bunch of industrial buildings, no yeah. green. And now if you go uh, to our building, well, first of all, all the townhouses have, have green roofs. Like they're all, we have massive amounts of trees on our roofs. Love it. And there's the, the volleyball court sort of area and this communal area, which has tons of foliage, green, green, green. Uh, and then the tower itself is quite narrow. It's a point tower. So it doesn't take up a lot of real estate. It's basically the size of the gas station. And so it's, you know, I don't know how much, it's about half acre of land uh, with 300 units uh, in it. Um, and in that one block where I live in Yaletown, there's there's my building, there's there's four, there'll be a fourth one being built now. So there's four towers, which would house houses. I would say there's probably 15, will be 1,500 people living in a one block, one right. like just, Area. And it's in like, Shaughnessy, yeah, that, that one, one block, house. <laughs> exactly, maybe two. Like, I don't know when the last time you drove through the richy, rich, rich part of Cha- Shaughnessy. It's unbelievable. And and there, I know personally, I know a couple who are in their mid eighties. They they can't even enjoy their green space that they have, their grounds that they have. They don't want any densification. They don't want any change of any kind. Um, and they really aren't even using the space. And it is the size of what would be an inner city school grounds. Like it's park yeah. space. And yeah, that you and could and- foreseeably add two or three or even four small houses with different addresses that you can still keep your grounds and you can still, you know what I mean? Like, so yeah, yeah, they don't or want anybody living itself. in there, but they don't want even anybody the... living in their house. Yeah. That's their thing. So if they want to keep their house, at least give them the opportunity to build for their son-in-law, their daughter, their nephew, their grandchild, whatever, whatever. Yeah. And there are some examples in Shaughnessy of that. Cause I had to walk around there when I ran for office and got to yeah. see a lot of backyards, which was pretty cool. Um, and there's some really unique stuff that there's not enough of it. Um, right. And so Shaughnessy is a, like we have the two extremes there. We have where I live, which of course doesn't work everywhere. You're right. I don't say that we should have towers everywhere. I've never I'm, said that. I've never said that. Did you but say it does work. Right? Nobody Hold complains on. about a tower being built in Yaletown. Right. And that's no. that's where we need to get to. You put a tower is where people are okay with towers. And yeah. and this decision yes. by the provincial government says, okay, we've got trains. Got, you know, <laughs> this makes sense. If you've gone to any major city, uh, generally you'll see density around the train stations. And when it's not, 100%. it's weird. That's yeah. weird. And so, and then if you're going to have a process where like, yeah, if you're going to put density in other areas, uh, of height, you got to have a robust process because that's just not fair. And you know, you can get so much density. You look what's being built along Canby and, you know, three stories, mostly townhouses, all the way down, which are replacing a lot of these Shaughnessy houses on the peripheries, on the outsides uh, that used to be single family homes and now have sometimes eight to 12 townhouses. So and those great. are easy and fast to build. Let's you build go. those in a year and a half. But everybody and, and wants done. to live in one. Everybody yeah. wants to live in one of those. It's a dream for and most And then they families. walk into Shaughnessy and they got that as their green area. So at least right. around it, densify yeah. and do it nicely, gently, as you say. Uh, it's totally out possible. Of We're yep. running out of time and we wow. haven't even gotten to four, five, six or seven. Did you have one in particular I, one to hit off the back end uh, here? No, I think it's uh, no, good. I mean, I what did you want to say about my Hillary? Around. What did you want to say? Oh, yeah. I just you tweeted uh, Hillary's, uh, her interview on The View, which is mean, my favorite talk show. Um, it's not your favorite talk show. It's uh, no, it's 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 a bit much. But uh, I thought it, I thought it was a good her encapsulation of 
what's going on in the Middle East was quite it good. Was, There's a few other of these that are quite out, out there that kind of explain this history, even recent history she was focused on from 1990 on uh, how things happened. And I think it's worth looking up. Check uh, Jody's tweets uh, and yeah. you can see it there. Um, it was a very interesting. And that's just eight minutes it. of it. That's that's only that's right. eight minutes of what she was on for the whole hour. And honestly, George, I, I taped the view. I tape a bunch of shows and, and I, but I tape the view and I always watch it and I watched it. And then I rewound while I was watching, like, hold on, say that again. Like, hold on, who, who, where, how did that? And she explains it in such a straightforward, God, it would have been so great if she had been president instead of Donald Trump. That's what I said at the end of it. I'm like, oh my God, this woman is really brilliant. And you know, the, the fact that that um, people have been so propagandized by things around the Clinton um, family and and just yeah. she has n- she has nothing to gain, nothing to lose, mm-hmm. and she's just putting it out there and and she's really moderate on it and and very good at explaining it and really so head to Twitter you can find George on Twitter of course he is at George underscore. Affleck at George underscore Affleck. I'm at Jody Vance, Jody with a Y. Uh, unspunpodcast.com is where you send this link to your friends. We arrive in your inbox every Thursday um, and we try and get through as many topics as we can. And today we were just going on about it. There was a few we didn't get to, but we'll, uh, I think I'll bring those up next week because I think they're pretty good. One is okay. related to the federal government Pierre, and Trudeau, Pierre. Just, just the other one. We'll see you next week. Okay, bye. Bye. Yeah, yeah, yeah.